everybody, David here, and boy, are we investigating. Let me tell you something. God has called his people in these last days to discern, to investigate, to ask questions, okay? To listen first. That's why we have two ears, one mouth. Listen instead of talk. Most, a lot of people want to just jabber, jabber, and they don't want to listen. That's been the problem. What do we do here? Well, we stand on orphans and widows. We stand on... on uh, the, the people that, 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 that the world calls mis, misfits, the church probably wouldn't have much to do with, broken people such as myself, but we investigate. In other words, we don't just, we don't just uh, uh, stand alongside of the brokenhearted, we help the brokenhearted, uh, myself included, and we find out what is the problem. We find out what the demons are, we go in, we nail them, we cast them out, and we move on. Because Jesus said, greater things we will do than he. Cast out demons, raise the dead, preach the gospel, and I'm talking about the truth. Heal the sick. So I got an announcement for you. I don't need to be here anymore. I have, uh, I have uh, uh, brought on an AI to take my place every week, at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Monday. You don't need to, I don't, well, I'll be here. You'll see my image, but I won't be here. It's called AI in the Church, folks. This is what we're going to talk about just the first few minutes of the show. All right? AI in the Church. Spencer, go to this article. This is disgusting. All right, go to this article. Hundreds attend a soulless church service generated by chat GPT, and a lot of people are using, a lot of pastors are using it. We're gonna get into this, all right? Artificial intelligence has quickly found a place in our homes, schools, and work. Now it's preaching sermons to a congregation in a German church. Folks, let me tell you something. It ain't just happening in Germany. It's right here in America. It's in the country that you live, right? Churchgoers in St. Paul in the uh, Bavarian town of Firth were greeted by an AI avatar of a bearded black man on a screen. Where they, where they come up? Why a bearded black man? Preaching a Lutheran, Lutheran church service generated by a chat GPT. I'm surprised they wouldn't come up with like, I don't know, a cross-dresser or something. We're going to talk about that. But more than 300 people showed up for the experimental, really experimental Friday morning service, almost entirely generated by the chatbot, bot as reported uh, by the Associated Press. Dear friends, it's an honor for me to stand here and preach to you as the first artificial intelligence at this year's convention of Protestants in Germany. The, the avatar said, are you kidding me? And 300 people showed up here. You go, David, well, that's in Germany. No, that's right here. It's happening right here. First of all, let me tell you something. A lot of the preachers, not a lot, selected that you see on television, they're nothing more than AI. They're artificial intelligence because you're only one or the other. You're, you have the mind of Christ or you have artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is benign until Satan gets in it, and then it becomes the mind of Satan. Do you understand? But we have the mind of Christ. We do not mix the mind of Christ with the mind of Satan. We cast Satan out and put him back to hell, but we're not going to marry it. We're not going to do it. And you see preachers on television, and I'm telling you, they're artificial intelligence. I even talked to Russ Distar about this before he went on to be with the Lord. 
that I believe, and he agreed, but there are certain preachers that are programmed multiples. They have been programmed in the pulpit. I even went as far as to go say that we have hybrids in the pulpit. Nephilim. I don't want to go down that road because we don't have time to go down that. Maybe I'll do a show on it. But folks, I'm telling you, this AI is right in your face now. It's always been here, and they've always been using it. But now they're coming out and saying, here we are, we're proud of it, we're going to use it. And a lot of brain dead, especially Christians, think they're going to use it and play with it, and it's going to be a fun toy, and Satan's not going to use it to do his dastardly deeds. AI in the church. Man, I got to tell you. I used it. I tried it out. You know how I tried it out? I tried it out uh, on the script, Last Evangelist. I just wanted to see. I wanted to see. Is, is this thing, well, how close is it? So I fed in the story of Last Evangelist, episode one, to this, you know, chat, uh, G, G, GPT, right? This little app. And it came out with almost 90% of the uh, essence of the script. I fed the story in, but it filled in the blanks and had 90% of what I had already written. But you know the part it didn't have? It didn't have God in it. It didn't understand God. I knew that it was a fake because it, it really didn't know God. See, AI can never know God, and that's how you can discern. All right? I'm going to bring on my guest, um, Pastor Joseph Spurgeon. Uh, Pastor Joseph, you there with me, buddy? I know. I, know I am. I am. I'm here with you. <laughs> you know, I mentioned I used AI chat just to test the script out. And you mentioned you use it too. You're you're a pastor, and you said you used it for what? What purpose? Copy editing. So um, spell check. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Right. Uh, um, spell yeah. check. I I've used it. They can give you a summary of of something. Mm -hmm. Um. If I, if I may, the probably the worst thing that I would say about the, a church or a, a pastor using it to produce sermons is that it's a betrayal of the calling that God has given us. God didn't call robots into the pulpit. He didn't call them to be shepherds. He called men. In fact, he could have called angels, but he called men. Right. And right. Uh, um, he we have a task when we preach the word of God and counsel the people we're, we're preaching to flesh and blood. Yeah. We, we're, we're preaching a sheep and a shepherd needs to smell like the sheep. He needs to know the sheep yeah. and well, be able to preach the truth to them. But no, you're absolutely right. But the other side of that too, is a lot of pastors are going to use this. Well, like you did, and I've used it for the script uh, for benign things, you know, just to help me spell check this. But then Satan gets a hold of it. He plants this bearded black uh, avatar in this, uh, I think it was a Lutheran church. And it, who knows what kind of sermon? You see, the, Pastor Joseph, no, no avatar, no chat, uh, GPT, no... AI can ever preach the word of God because it is an adversary. It is an enemy to the mind of Christ. Do, do you agree with that? Yeah. Again, the, the preaching of God's word, it needs to be to the people there. And it needs to be from somebody that knows the people, knows their sins, 
knows right. what they need and knows the word of God and, and a robot, a computer program, as smart as right. it can be, can't do that. It just can't do that. No, no. And, and God, I, I, I believe God finds it detestable. Um, I want to, you know, I said, I'm surprised they put a bearded black man in there. And I mean, you know, they're probably awoke, but uh, I was even more surprised they didn't put a, uh, uh, a cross dresser in there or a, uh, you know, <laughs> in, in other words, go all the way with it. You know, if they're going to have an agenda, let's just go all the way with the sucker, right? Um, and speaking on that subject, I want to read a scripture, uh, Pastor. Uh, Spencer, put this up, Deuteronomy 22, 1 through 6. Deuteronomy 22, 1 through 6. You say, Dave, what does this have to do with AI? Well, it doesn't, but it does, okay? Uh, if you see your fellow Israelites, ox or sheep straying, do not ignore it and be sure to take it back to its owner. If they do not live near you or if you do not know who owns it, take it home with you and keep it until they come looking for it. Then give it back. Give it back. Do the same if you find their donkey or cloak or anything else they have lost. Do not ignore it. So if you see a donkey or a cloak, take it back. It's very important. You need to do this. What's next? If you see your fellow Israelites' a donkey uh, fallen uh, on a road, do not ignore it. Help the owner get it to its feet. That's very important. The donkey. Next, a woman must not wear men's clothing nor a man wear uh, women's clothing, for the Lord your God detests anyone who does this. The next one, if you come across a bird's nest, wait a minute, did I just hear God talking about taking care of somebody's donkey? And then I heard about a bird's nest on the road? But then in the middle of it, sandwiched, is a telling a woman they can't dress like a man, a man they can't dress like a woman. What in the world? I read this scripture, Pastor. Now, I'm putting you on the spot, maybe, because you and I haven't talked about this, but I just read this a while ago. And uh, have you ever noticed this, how this thing is sandwiched in with a donkey and a bird? Um, no, not in particular. I, uh, I, I would argue that it's uh, these are passages teaching us how to love, how to love our neighbor and oh. to love our enemies. Okay, so loving our neighbor is the donkey. Uh, and then the bird, which is verse six, in a tree or in the ground, is sitting on a young. The eggs do not take the mother's young. That's loving the bird. So, what is the woman must not wear men's clothing? Is that loving, still loving people? Yeah, yeah. This is about loving God and loving neighbor. And mm -hmm. so, it uh, uh, a, a woman taking on a man's clothing is not loving God. And right. to, to tolerate it is not loving your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And in particular, the, the, if you look into the Hebrew, it's even talking about a woman taking on man's clothing, but also the, con the, the idea of taking on military garb, serving in the military, uh, taking on a position for a woman that, that she's not been designed to do. And when we do that, that's certainly not loving our neighbor or loving okay. God. All right, good. I, I want to come back to that. You you jumped a little bit ahead on me oh, on that. Sorry, is, sorry. No, no, it's it's okay. okay. It's all right. But so now clearly uh, we're thinking and talking about, I think you and I are talking about uh, uh, drag queens, uh, cross-dressers, if you relate it to today, okay? But there are people, and I knew growing up in a rock band, I played rock music and 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 if you looked at musicians, especially back in the 70s and the 80s, 
they almost looked feminine. You know, they, it was like cool to look like kind of a woman and they dressed a little bit, you know, like uh, Keith Richards and uh, Mick Jaggers and, and stuff like that, you know. And then, of course, you have women that, that sometimes they'll dress more on the manly side. Is there anything wrong with that? I mean, you're not, it's a guy not trying to be a woman and it's not a woman trying to be a guy, but for some reason they just feel like the woman wants to be more tomboyish or the man wants to be a little more <laughs> touches feminine side. What, what say you? Yeah. Uh, you know, God made us man or he made us woman and he created us this way. This is by his good design. And we are, we are to live by that. But what happens is we don't give God thanks for, um, for him being God. We don't give him thanks for his uh, creation. Mm -hmm. And he gives us over to a debased mind. We begin to do things we ought not to do. And that includes rebelling against the very way God created us, our sex. So, uh, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, there's a whole reason the rock stars did that. It was rebellious. It was, it's rebellious. It, they, they, you want to have that image of, mm -hmm. of, you know, I'm non-conforming and I'm, I'm being rebellious. And that's exactly what it is. It's rebelling to yeah. the very thing that God created us. If you're a woman, you're to live and, and, and be faithful as a woman. And if you're a man, you're to live and be faithful as a man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there are um, artists, cause I'm an artist, I'm an actor, I'm a songwriter um, that um, are sensitive people, pastor. They're sensitive. Okay. Um, even in, uh, I've had the honor of meeting your congregation, and I think I saw one person, a man who was very sensitive, I could tell, you know, and there are women who are just, they're just more tomboyish, more manly. That in, of, in and of itself, God made that, right? He made who our sensitivity inside. That's nothing we should be ashamed of, right? Well, I, I guess it would mean uh, what you mean by it. First Corinthians says that the, uh, the effeminate will not inherit the kingdom of God. So men are not to be effeminate. Uh, I guess by sensitive is you've mean, um, uh, maybe more in tune to some emotions and some, uh, uh I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get what you're getting at because, <laughs> I, it's, because, I, I know. I understand. I understand. That's why I'm having this conversation with you. And you're not sure. someone that I could have a conversation with that would automatically agree with me. And that's why I want to have this conversation. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no, because otherwise, what good is that going to do? I can find other people out there. Um, I know the industry that I'm in, which you don't know. You don't know that industry. I understand that. And that's fine. But I know there are men and women, well, men, who are, they're sensitive, you know, actors, they're, they're not trying to be a feminine pastor. They're not trying to act like a woman. They're not, you know, I've known them for years and they're just, they're just very sensitive. As a matter of fact, uh, I know two, one's a really good friend of mine and he's been married for 20 something years, has about three or four kids. Um, and I even mentioned it to him. I said, you know, I said, you, you know, you, you're very sensitive. You know, I didn't know how to say it. You're very sensitive, you know? And he laughed and he goes, yeah, he goes, he, I get called in to play, you know, parts that are, you know, gay. He said, I won't do it. He said, but, but I get called in. Um, and I, the reason I'm bringing this up is there are people out there listening. I know that know someone like that, or maybe there's, they have that side to them. Um, 
is it okay for someone to be themselves? And I don't mean a guy trying to be a girl. I mean, a guy just being himself and he's, and the guy's not interested in guys. He's a heterosexual, but to be himself and be okay with that in church, can he just be sensitive, be himself? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, God, again, I would say God made us men to be men. And, and obviously when you say that people immediately think that means like macho or, or we have certain cultural things that we think about masculinity. If right. I was going to give a definition of masculinity, I would say it's taking responsibility. There is a hardness to it that is being able to suffer for the sake of others. So it's a leadership of others, caring for others. And so uh, my sensitivity, yeah. you know, I think Saul, uh, King David, for example, is uh, yeah. a masculine man, a man's man. But, and yeah, obviously, I think... Uh, he he wrote psalms that yeah. that express great deep emotions. Uh, right. So I think I would encourage a man strive to be as manly as you can from God's word. What that is, and right. God made us with all different kinds of temperaments, and and they're gonna it's gonna look a little different. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, that's what that's what I would say. Yeah, no, you you hit the nail on the head when you said King David because there, here's a warrior, a man that went out and killed people. He was a, 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 a man after God's own heart, but yet you had to be sensitive to write what he wrote, uh, Pastor. You had to be sensitive. And he was a songwriter. You know, I'm a songwriter. You've got you've to feel the emotions. You, so when you say King David, you hit the nail on the head. A man that can go out, do what he needs to do, okay, take care of his family, but yet it's okay to feel and to be sensitive and to hurt for people. I believe that Jesus felt he was sensitive. He hurt for people. Um, all right, drag queen in Christian music. <laughs> drag queen. All right, let me ask you about this. Uh, near you, you have a church, and we won't say where it is right now, but uh, the music minister, did I hear you right that he's a drag queen? Yeah, or, or he... Uh... He's a homosexual and he supports the drag queens. I, I, I uh, we've run into him a few times, and yeah, uh, he even went to a seminary, I think. And so, yes, uh, yeah. he, it's 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 nuts. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a seminary. We call them cemeteries. Um, <laughs> so, you, you, so you don't know whether to sing "Jesus Loves Me" or "God Help Us," right? It's like, <laughs> yes. What, you know, or hallelujah or cry repentance. It's like, uh, okay, when we come back, I want to ask you about the downfall of the sexes, about how we ended up where we are right now. And clearly we're at a place of chaos. Uh, clearly children are in school, even as young as four or five, six years old in preschool. And the school system is actually supporting a system that allows them to question their sexuality. Not, not only just allows it, but actually plants the seed in it. And so when we come back, I want to ask you about that because you you take a, a clear stand on that. Uh, so uh, Pastor Joseph, we'll be right with you, buddy. Thank you. All right. Um, I want you guys to uh, understand that we are going to be in uh, Ohio. We're going to be there July 28th and 29th, and I'll be there speaking. I think we have a flyer. I'll be there with Mike Spaulding, L.A. Marzulli, Derek and uh, Sharon Gilbert, Michael Lake, Coach Dave, Dr. Sher, Tim Penny, uh, Dr. Gregory Reed, uh, Kenny, Kenny Say, Tom Dung, Randy uh, Conway, 
Pastor uh, Casper McLeod, uh, Vicki Anderson, uh, Nathan Brom. Hey, Nathan Branham, sorry. I'm going to be there in uh, Ohio. I want you to join me. I think this is going to be a sold-out event. But see, these folks, listen, these are great speakers. They're things you need to know about. So um, you can just go to gotthereforconference.com, gotthereforconference.com, and uh, get your uh, ticket right now. They also have a live stream, too. Uh, also, we're not going to go to a commercial. I'm just going to talk you guys through this. Um, the DVD, Last Evangelist, you say, David, I already have it. I know, get another one and give it to somebody. I've had uh, people that don't know God watch this and say, David, I wanna know more about God, all right? And I have banned videos on here with me and Lisa Haven and Michael Lake, uh, so please pick this up. And also, um, End Times Investigation, eight hours of footage talking about the Antichrist, the uh, uh, One World Religion, Illuminati, New World Order, Satanism, demonic, I mean, we're talking astral projection program multiples. Pick this up. You can go to david at davidhebner.tv forward slash order, um, or you can call 844-806-0006. Text the word chosen to 91999. If you would like to donate to the ministry, we'd love to have you partner with us. Go to davidhebner.tv forward slash give. All right. And I'm so glad you guys are here with me. And uh, I just, I hate commercials. That's why I'm just talking to you myself. But, um, <clears throat> but excuse me. But we have to to first of all, the number one thing is I want you to I want to get you this product. I want you to have it. What, if you don't have the money, I want you to have it anyway. The books and and the DVDs. Um, but we need to keep the ministry going financially. That's the story of my life in Times Investigation in Hollywood. Um, so if you would like to support the ministry, please do so. Uh, let us know. All right, we're talking about. Where are we now with this? We're, you know, we're dealing with cross-dressers. We're dealing uh, with um, drag queens. Um, we're dealing with uh, transsexuals, the, the LGBTQ. But how did we get here? Really, I mean, did someone just wake up one morning and we just, boom, ended up here? I don't think so. I think it kind of was uh, an evolving situation, you know? Uh, so I got Pastor Joseph on here. We're going to talk about this, the downfall of the sexes. Um, the, uh, th there are three phases that you talked about, uh, Pastor Joseph, three phases. Um, the first phase, you actually said it was the Civil War. Can you explain that? Yes. Um, uh, so with the three wa we call them three waves of feminism and... Uh, you know, obviously, feminism kind of started in the garden with Eve, but yeah. uh, um, in the mid 1800s, you have the well, you have the Enlightenment that starts years before, and so principles from that, egalitarianism becomes a big thing, the French Revolution, and uh, over in the United States and 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 even in England, you have the rise of the abolitionists, and they're fighting slavery. And so you have the southern southerners who are Christians, the northerners, and they're fighting over what does the Bible say about slavery. And sadly, some in the north, because of that, they're like, I don't really care so much what the Bible says. You have uh, uh, criticism from Germany coming against the scriptures. And so you get some abolitionists that start just arguing almost against scripture. And within that comes this rise and this push for women to be a part of this. And and 
and you get the early feminist uh, 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 come on, on the scene, you know, um, uh, uh, and they uh, they be, they begin pushing for abolition. You have the Civil War happens, and then after that, the the feminism movement goes into becoming the prohibitionist movement. So, uh, prohibition. In fact, you can find you should Google. Uh, I don't know exact words. There's a picture of a bunch of feminists, and they're the most uh, homely looking women. And it says, uh, lips that touch alcohol will never touch our lips. And you're, it's almost like a commercial for <laughs> alcohol that the, so the feminists are so homely. And yeah. they, they, they push prohibition. And then, uh, um, and uh, that all arose within the church, sadly. Um, you had women, there was a woman named Carrie A. Nation, who uh, twice divorced, was once married to a, a pastor, uh, abandoned her children all because she thought she had a mission from God. And 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 then obviously you have Margaret Sanger that rises up in this first wave. And uh, some of these, uh, this first wave of feminism, people look back on and think, well, yeah, that's the, the good wave of feminism. But actually, uh, many of them were calling God mother, were, were fighting for yeah. women to be preachers. Yeah. And, you, and that kind of thing. You, you're, you know, just you're right. But I want to show the other side of it. There was a lot of prejudice against women, you know, um, women. Uh, and, and I call it the male chauvinist. OK, because I'm from Kentucky. I don't know where you're from, but uh, they believed in keeping women barefoot and pregnant. And I was totally against that. And I remember my next door neighbor coming home every night, beating up his wife. Uh, he had six kids. And I remember just as a little kid, I'm going to go over there and punch him in the mouth. Uh, so, and I'm not giving a free get out of jail card for, for feminism. I'm talking about abusive feminism. That's not what I'm talking about. But I also want to look at women ha have been so pushed down and so abused. And it seems the system, uh, I'm talking the church system, I'm talking about God's people <laughs> wouldn't step in and, 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 and take care of that. And again, the church fails. Okay, I want to move on to the soap operas 1950s, uh, which is my department. Uh, the war left a lot of women in the home, ironing, cleaning. And so Satan says, well, how can I get to the woman? So he says, good, we'll have television in every home. They did. They had these little 15 minute, uh, basically soap operas selling soap. And then these soap operas, Joseph, they had women who were committing adultery, men who were committing adultery, drinking, gambling, I mean, sex, I mean, you name it. And the women were, were watching this and all the way through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s. And even through today, this brainwashed the woman. This really, I think, damaged. What say you on that? Yeah. And, and the what it actually happened is a lot of some other things that came along with that also was like the the washing machines, uh, uh, dishwashers, a lot of technology that eliminated a lot of the work for women so they were able to watch the soap operas <laughs> right and, <laughs> and so say, joseph i hope you're not telling me that a woman who has a dishwasher or has a washer is going to hell please don't tell me that but no 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 that's not what i'm saying no, I, I i'm just know, saying I'm just that yeah. technology and the, the, yeah. the technological revolution caused right. the home to move away from being a place of productivity and so you had yeah. a lot of women that were uh, were bored. Uh, there's uh, feminist writers in in that time that write about their boredom, and the, and and so 
They are wanting to leave the home, the care of the children, head into the workplace, competing with men. And that that's called the second wave of feminism. Mm-hmm. And along with that comes the sexual revolution, the the pill, the birth control pill, abortion, um, yeah. all of this. Because in order for uh, a woman to move away from the home, uh, there's God-given natural things yeah. that, that women do. And they got to find a way to fight that. And that, that gives rise to that. Yeah. And so that's the second wave. Civil War was the first. Then you had the prohibition, the 20s through the 50s, 60s, 70s. Now we're in the third wave. What what is that wave? Yeah, I think the third wave of feminism is is characterized by inclusive inclusion of of transgenderism, homosexuality. It's also characterized not only with uh, wanting necessarily to compete with women. I mean, sorry to compete with men, but with the, almost the whole concept of we don't need men, and and or that women should be in power. Uh, mm-hmm. and they should take the places of power. You yeah. have, uh, it's very pro-abortion. Um, used to be uh, uh, safe, legal, and rare. Sadly, mm-hmm. that's kind of become the pro-life mantra, whereas mm-hmm. uh, 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 the third wave of, uh, is shout your abortion. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, 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 marches and all that stuff. Right. You know, we have the sexual revolution and uh, the sexual, what they want to call evolution, which is not, it's, it's a, a perversion. And it's not, this isn't about women. This is about men and women um, with pornography. And I mean, it, it, with technology now, it's gotten so cutting edge. And I hate to even think how AI is going to fall into the hands of the satanic AI, uh, this uh, sexual perversion. So, you know, before we land on trans, uh, sexuals and gays and, and cross-dressers, we have to first just look at the big picture of its sexual perversion and uh, how it's taken out of context of God's original plan for marriage. Um, and what's interesting to me, Joseph, uh, and, and is women uh, that you see on television, singers, you know, on music videos, and even actresses, some of them I know and some I don't, and whatever, they don't mind being in a movie where women are degraded, uh, you know, or even like in a, in a in a love scene where you know there's 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 kind of a, a dark side of it. You know what I'm saying? Fifty Shades of Grey and, and abusive. They, they'll do that, but then they'll sit up on their platform and say, "Hey, I want women's rights. Women should be equal or greater than." That, that, that is that insanity or what? Yeah, I think it shows the contradictory nature. I also show I think it shows actually uh, the contradictory nature of feminism, but also the the nature that God created in women. God created them to be the helper of yeah. uh, of the man and right. all and 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 not their slave, the, no. the working together for God's glory uh, right. as as uh, created in his image. Right. And but that that means they're going to be easily led. They're they're meant to be led. And in fact, that's why in First Timothy, uh, Paul says the woman was deceived, and makes that a point for why they they're not to be uh, pastors. But uh, the, I think what you're seeing is the, the the what I would say is inevitable. I would call it the the patriarchy is inevitable. Like a woman is either going to care for her home, be a helper to her husband. Or she's going to be out somewhere else submitting to to the workplace. She's going to have her. Yeah. She's going to build up somebody's home, either her own 
or or uh, corporations. It, yeah, absolutely. Let me step in here and take up for women for a minute. Not that you're bashing women, you're not, because I know you love them and you have a wife and you have a lot of beautiful children. How many kids you got? I have seven. Seven. You got more than me. You got one more than me. God bless you. And you have a, a you have a beautiful, lovely wife. Yes. Um, I wanted to. I wanted. I want to step on the side of women for a moment. And women, I want you to listen to me out there, gals listening. I believe, and it's not just because you're listening to me, because you know me. I'll say stuff if God tells me I'm going to say it. Okay. But I believe men drop the ball. I believe it was man who dropped the ball. I believe, for the most part, not every time, but I believe in general, the man dropped the ball. He failed to be a man. And you out there or your mother, grandmother, whatever, had to step up to the plate and said, what do I do? See, when a woman has no protection, they stand up and they, they get the, listen, they get the job done. I'm telling you, women, don't mess around with a woman because she'll get the job done. So many men now, Joseph, now I'm going to talk in today, I call them brain-dead Christian men where their wives drag them off to these six flags over Jesus churches, and they got no uh, consciousness of really what's going on. Have you seen that? Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the point, I, I would say the point of bringing all this up about feminism is not uh, 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 the bash women. as with No. It, it is the point, it, it, the whole, every step of the way, men have also shirked their responsibility a part yeah. of their responsibility is to say no. Like when 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 the the, the serpent came into the garden and started right. to deceive Eve, Adam was standing there. He was he was abrogating his responsibility. He should have crushed the head of the serpent right then, and 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 told his wife, "No, we're not doing this." Right. Uh, and, and it's not as a, a a slave master. It's it's because he loves her. Men are right. called to be protectors and defenders, and when they don't do that. Yeah, I mean that's men are the ones responsible, right? And so, uh, yeah, I, I think I would say the point of bringing all this up about feminism and all this is simply to say we're at where we're at because we have, and and when I say we, I'm I'm talking about the church in many ways has abandoned God's yeah. truth on sexuality way yeah. before we get to drag queens. Oh, yeah. yeah. I totally agree. You know, we talk about Proverbs 31 woman. I hear a guy saying, I need for you to be a woman. I need for you to, you know, be, read the Bible, read the Bible and go be that woman in the Bible. Hey, look, what about guys? Listen, what about Titus 2 man? Go read Titus 2. That'll tell you what to be as a man. Joseph, it, it, back me up on this. All through the Bible, it tells men how to be men, right? To stand up and tell the truth and defend their family and their wife and Absolutely. God. Absolutely, we're we're to to love our wives as Christ loved the church. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, uh, my I, I I like how you pointed to Titus two men. I I would point to Job twenty nine uh, uh, men, a picture of Job before he uh, uh, suffered by the attacks of Satan is a is just a wonderful picture of what a man should be uh, righteous, standing up for justice, speaking up for those who are oppressed and harmed. And and he has a gravitas when Job enters into the scene. He uh, the all the other people like shut their mouths because of Job's godliness and weightiness as a man. And that's uh, I think that's what men have to do. We uh, we in the church, we as Christians have to recapture what it is to be a godly man and a godly woman, and and set that example 
And, and that's what's going to lead the way as far as fighting all of this filth that's around us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pastor, I want you to stay with me. I'm going to bring my wife on for a few minutes. We're going to pray for some people, and then I want to bring you back. And when I bring you back, we're going to be underground. Um, I want to talk to you about who you, th according to what God's laid on your heart, if we in America and the modern uh, Western culture doesn't step up to the plate and start having more children, uh, we're going to be taken over by the Amish and the Mormons and the Jews, et cetera, et cetera. I want to talk to you about that. Also, I want to talk to you about Jesus drank wine. Uh, I, I, went, I went into a church. I opened the refrigerator, Pastor Joseph, and I saw a case of beer inside of a church in a refrigerator. Okay. I want to ask you about that. Is it okay? Is it okay to sit down and have a beer with somebody and, uh, heck, I don't know, have a cigar or whatever? So um, will you stay with me? And I'm going to carry this conversation a little bit further. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Pastor Joseph Spurgeon, a uh, wonderful man of God. I've seen him preach, sticks to the word. He's, he's, you know, not everybody you're going to agree with. I don't agree with everybody and they don't sure don't agree with me, but you can tell when someone has a heart for God, when they love God and they do the best they can for what God's given them. Right. I do the best I can. Uh, and, and speaking of the best I can of the better part of me is my wife. Okay. Uh, I want to call my better half in if she's here. Uh, Shanita, you here with us? Hello. Well, I guess, I guess she's not on. Uh, uh, are you there? So, well, no, I'm not here because I am sideways on my camera. Am I normal? <laughs> <You're in. laughs> All right, I'll be back. No, don't or, go back. Uh, Just stay there. We'd okay. rather look at you sideways than to not look at you at all. Uh, <laughs> Shanita, are you, is this a sign of you're trying to show your feminism? Are you trying to yeah, make being a, different. Yeah, are you trying to, no, are you, seriously, are you trying to make a statement here? If you don't want to be like everybody else, you want to be sideways. So you just stay sideways because I love you. Uh, when I married you, uh, for, for the better, for worse, sickness, sickness and health and being sideways or upside down. So I'm, I'm with you. Uh, okay, so uh, Pastor Joseph and I were talking about uh, women uh, being women, men being men. Um, have you experienced growing up in your days back in 20, 30 years ago, Bible college? Did, was there a women's revolution? Were they kind of against men at that time, or is this something that just kicked in recently? Well, in Bible college, I don't feel like I sensed... Um, rebellion okay but right. um, i mean i'm i'm really grateful for the community where we're able to raise our children now because that's all about women being in the home it's not about yeah. going off to college and getting a degree so that you can support yourself and compete in the workforce right right there's nothing wrong with a woman working but um <clears throat> excuse me if a woman has children um, that's another issue, dumping them in a daycare and running up now. If you have to, that's a whole different situation. Um, so we're here to help, not to hinder. Um, so what kind of praise reports do we have? We have a praise report from Rebecca. We've been praying for her, and she is now logging in at a 400-pound weight loss. Congratulations, Rebecca. Wow. And praise God. Yeah. Yeah. Tom 
his ceramic heater, when he turned it on, flames shot out of it like a rocket. And he said, Jesus, help me. And immediately Jesus put that fire out. And wow. um, Kelly is saying, this ministry is like a church to me. What a blessing. And here in the Northeast, a Holy Spirit filled church is extremely difficult to find. So we're glad you're with us, Kelly. Thank you. Yes, Kelly, we are. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of pe people say that, Shanita, I'm having a lot of people lately come up and say, David, I'm, I'm just so glad that, that you're here because we never had a church for so many years. And I said, what'd you do? And they said, well, we were just at home listening to different, different videos and stuff. And so I'm, I'm so glad that God has allowed me and you use people like us to be able to help people. And, and it helps me too. Well, and I'm super grateful that he gave us a location and people to meet together yeah. in person every yeah. Friday night. That, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. Um, also too, we were talking about the, um, uh, the uh, drag queens in the pulpit and they're all over the place. And even the area we're in, there's a lot of gay pride parade stuff going on. Um, I was telling you earlier that I believe that when a place uh, starts having things happen, especially on the dark side, more darkness will come in, that this area has become a portal. Um, and by the way, before I forget it, we're going to be going underground. Um, Spencer, uh, would you pull up davidheavener.tv? On the Spotlight channel, I've got this video here. It's called Drag Queen Story Hour, how they're reading uh, stories to your children uh, in the libraries, uh, and, and this is public libraries, and um, also th this video deals with men who are pregnant, want to be pregnant, get impregnated. It's, it, it's sad, but it's something you need to see as a Christian. Number one, to know how the enemy is operating. Number two is to know how to know who to pray for and how we're going to get uh, take the demons down. So you can go to the Spotlight channel, see that. You can see we have um, uh, the puppeteer that controls you. That's the deep state, communism in America. Uh, then we've got the new release channel. Uh, we've got the most watched channel, spiritual warfare channel, alien demon channel, a lot of L.A. Marzulli uh, interviews on that, uh, alien, the demon connection, mind control channel. We have the originals exclusive. And, we, you know, we have the, um, the Last Evangelist channel. That's where you can watch Last Evangelist. If you're anxious, depressed, uh, and hopeless, we've got that channel that has videos on that. The Coming Holocaust, the Bible Study Channel with uh, Dr. Mike Spaulding, uh, Overcoming Demonic Powers. So go to davidhevener.tv. Sign up right now so you can go with us underground. And Shanita, when people sign up right now, how are, how are we going to send them a link? Uh, if they will notify us, either by text, 615-861-9659. That's the number on the website. Or send an email to admin at davidhevener.tv admin at davidheavener.tv. They can also call you at 844-806-0006 if they need to call you right away. Okay. Um, okay. Who can we pray for? We have just a few minutes here. Yeah. And a quick note from one of our viewers telling Joseph, thank you for your books for um, that address transgenderism among children. And maybe you want to tell us where we can get those children's books. Okay. We will do that. Um, what we're going to do, you guys, is before we take a break and go underground, bring Joseph back on. He's going to give you that information. So just stay with me, okay? Shania, uh, what's our prayer request? Yes. 
we are praying for Brian, for Tom, for Lisa, for Lori's daughter, for Alice, for Joe, for Wanda, for Pam, for Sue, for Maria, for um, Fiki, for Ronald, for um, the believers who are persecuted in India, for Corey, Ashley, and uh, for the rest of you who are sending in requests, we will be praying for those tomorrow evening. And if you have an unspoken, just let us know. We're here to pray for you. Amen. <clears throat> so much. Thank you, Shanita. God bless you. I appreciate it. Um, I'm so happy. I'm so thankful for my wife. Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for your words. We're not done. You're not done, Father. We're just beginning. But we want to thank you. I want to lift every name that was spoken uh, from Shanita's lips, names that we're not able to get to Shanita, people right now that have needs that are hurting right now. I'm asking, Father, in the name of Jesus, that I command this healing over your children. We command a healing. Thank you that you've given us the power to do that. And you've given us the tenacity to speech, uh, speak the truth. You've given us the power to raise the dead. Father, let us first start raising the dead, the spiritual dead, the ones that think they're saved, but they're not by telling the truth. I want to pray for the women tonight. I want to lift up all the women, Father, right now, in your son's name. I want to lift up every female created, whether it's a firstborn right now, being born at this second, or an older lady in her 90s, 100, whatever, and she's taking her last breath and all in between. I'm asking, Father, for a special blessing on all of the women tonight. They are hurting. Many are lost. Many are alone. Many have been abused. I'm asking for a healing on your women. I'm asking for direction. I'm asking that you give them comfort and power, love and a sound mind. And, Father, for the men that are hearing me tonight that are saying, David, I... I haven't hit the mark. I haven't been the man I need to be. Father, I'm praying for that man right there as he repents. Would you anoint him and lift him up in power and in love? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I love you guys. I want to bring um, Joseph back on just for a moment, see where we can get his book, and then we're going to take a break. We're going to be underground. Don't you go anywhere. The only way you can see us is through David TV. Uh, is Joseph still out there? Uh, can Spencer? I give you one last prayer request? Sure. Uh, Roy Butler has been a very dear friend of the ministry. Whenever he would call in, he would always pray for us and be so encouraging and affirming. And he passed away Saturday night. And his wife, Michelle, is just distraught. He oh, was I'm almost so like a hostage in hospice. And she yeah. wasn't allowed to see him. I, Shanita, my heart goes out to her. Yes. Yeah, it does go out to her and her family. You've been on the phone with her for two weeks. I've heard you for hours. She said she didn't want to live anymore. She was suicidal, and and you prayed her through it and walked her through it. And and I'm so sorry that her husband. Uh, I'm not sorry he's gone because he's with the Lord, but I hurt for her. And uh, we must remember all the ones left behind. They're the ones that are hurting. He was a believer. Thank you, Shanita. Uh, we do pray for Michelle. Uh, Pastor Joseph, you there with me, buddy? I am. Okay. How can people get your book? And then I, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So I've, I've written two books. One's called It's Good to Be a Boy. Another one's called It's Good to Be a Girl. And you can pretty much get them at any bookstore. 
Um, you can you can get them on Amazon, uh, Borders, uh, Books a Million, um, you any any online bookstore, and okay. uh, they're available. <clears throat> okay, and how can people get in touch with you? Is there a way they can connect with you directly? Yes. So, uh, well, you can go to uh, my church website, uh, sovereignkingchurch.com. You can uh, you can look me up on Facebook, uh, yeah. uh, and that's probably the best way to get a hold of me is Joseph Spurgeon. And then uh, if, if if that doesn't work, you can email me at thesovereignkingchurch.com. I mean, sorry, okay. thesovereignkingchurch the at gmail.com. Awesome. Okay. And when we come back in just a few minutes, I want to talk to you about did Jesus drink wine? If, if so, which I know he did, was there alcohol in it? Uh, wine has two purposes. We're going to talk about that for the evil and for the good. Uh, and also, uh, I want to ask you um, about who's going to, if the Lord didn't come back, who's, looked, who's going to populate the earth? Uh, Pastor Joseph Spurgeon. Uh, listen, we'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. Stay right with us. The only way you can see us now is go to davidhevener.tv, sign up. Uh, you get two months free if you sign up for a year. And if you just sign up anyway, you get 30 days free. And you can cancel. So it's not, there's no obligation. But please go and sign up so you can be with us. God bless you.